Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to episode 467 on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. A Father's View of Parenting in the Thick of It. Today I have a special guest on my show, Chris McAllister, from an organization called Sight Shift. And Chris helps people lead themselves and lead others. He's the master of it. He's the guru of it. We had an amazing conversation a month ago. And I said to him, please, you got to come on my podcast because I want to tap into your wisdom and wealth of knowledge that you've gained in your life as a leader, all the other things you've done as a coach, and of the father to three teenagers. So he's in the thick of it, everybody. And I wanted to to have a conversation with him about what he's done, how his his work has helped him in his work, but more importantly, how it's worked for him and helped him be a leader. Because I'm always saying to my listeners, If we could shift from being a parent to being a leader, we will step out of a lot of the parenting traps. So, Chris, welcome to the show. So good to be here. I love how you articulated that, and no doubt that's why we resonated so much in our first chat, because if you can look at parenting as a leadership skill, you do get to that place where you see everything that a parent would want to see happen. It just takes time. It takes the work. It takes the awareness, which, as we both know, um, that's that's uh, a skill and it's an uh, effort and it's an, an intention and it's bringing that all to bear. And it's why some people just go, you know what, I'm going to take the easy path and react and be hiding from all this or over aggressive. And we're here trying to work on ourselves. So go you, glad to be here. Yeah, no, great to have you. And when we had our conversation last, you know, you said, you know, really proving, trying to prove yourself and trying to hide from what you've done stops you showing up and Mm. i know that one of your um guiding values there's be present be comfortable with being vulnerable finding relief through being honest and authentic sharing and service sharing and serving which taps into purpose and the last one guiding from paradox where you might be listening thinking what on earth does she mean by that and we're going to talk about that but one of the big questions i get from many parents, and you probably do too, because Chris works with parents and businesses and all sorts of people, is how do I get on the same page as my spouse? And I'm going to generalize here and say, I see more women in my coaching practice for parenting than I do men, but I'm not, you know, putting, putting the fence around it. There are more and more men coming to it, but generally speaking, more women come to me and say, I don't know how to get my husband on board. I'm reading books, I'm taking courses, and he's just so different to me. 
And so I'm really curious as to, you know, any advice you would have for parents who find themselves in this boat. And, you know, equally so, it could be that you, the male's taking a more active role in raising his bar, evolving, growing, committing to his parenting with more consciousness and intention and awareness, and his wife's sleeping by the fire. Yeah. Or it might be, you know, you're, you're, whatever your circumstance, someone's usually a bit more intentional and, and, and um, involved in it than the other. And it can cause a lot of friction. And so in your guiding from paradox, you, you say that you lead people to discover things as, they're meant to, as they are meant to see it and not force them to see it the way we see it. And I'm like, that's music to my ears. So Chris, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you say to parents when they say to you, but my wife's not on the same page. My husband's not on the same page. We just fight and argue. What do you yeah. say? Yeah, I think I could do it in three words, different brains and boxes. And so I'll hit all three of them. But yeah. first and foremost, yeah, just couples are different. And like you said, you know, you're going to see those couples show up differently. If I'm coaching a woman business owner, typically her husband is pretty passive when it comes to family matters. Because if, if somebody is very actively working on something in the relationship, one tends to be more passive. Now, I will have to say this. We used to do these uh, relationship events. We did our work mostly in the realm of marriages and relationships. And so, uh, but inevitably it was more often than not the woman that wanted to work on the relationship and would read the marriage books. And, and that is a problem. I would also say that often uh, I could encourage them and go, Hey, you know what? It's not that they don't want to have a good time. It's just your idea of a good time is growing. Their idea of a good time is hanging out. So you got to learn how to meld these two together. So yeah, different people approach it, uh, you know, differently. And, and, and if you don't, realize that there's going to be too much um, antagonistic energy. Like, why don't you want to read these books? And I love it because my wife will go, Hey, just let me read your highlights. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's my husband. Yeah. He's like, Can you just give Same me thing. people's notes? Cause he doesn't want to. And you know what? Exactly. Even, I, I often say to parents as well, even if you've got two people on the same page who are both actively involved, both reading, you're both going to show up differently because you're, going to be triggered by different things and yeah. so no two people are the same so they will never parent the same you will never lead a business the same way you will never you know whatever you you won't ski the same you will you yeah. won't buy. there's just so many differences that we have to accept each other for who it is we are which that is so beautiful and sets up this next idea of brains in neuroscience if you could put yourself in your spouse's brain or in your partner's brain you would feel like you were tripping drugs because their conscious experience of reality is so different from yours. And the way that we articulate that is there's a movie playing in your head and it is not playing in their head. And, and so we do this, we do work around identity fears. And so like, let's say a mom has an identity fear that she's not going to belong. So she's always looking for how she fits in. What is she concerned about for her kids? where they fit in, how they fit in, do they fit in, why should they go to college so they can build a relational group. Uh, you know, another parent in that relationship, their fear could be you really have to earn your worth through performance. 
So they're not worried about belonging. They're worried about achieving and doing, you know, which happens to be the movie playing in my head. It's about achieving and doing. So I look at my kids and if they're playing video games too much, you know, then I can start to get anxious or triggered about that or try to control it too much or bribe them to learn coding. When my wife, the movie playing in her head is, is their safety. She comes downstairs and just is wondering where everybody is, make sure everybody's okay. And so if you're not recognizing there's this different impulse, this different energy, this different drive that literally is like a movie playing in your head, you're not going to understand. You're trying to get your children oftentimes to a different destination. You're wanting to make sure that they're taken care of or they're, you know, they're going to achieve and perform or they're going to fit in, whatever those things are. And uh, that really takes to the third idea, which is boxes. And this is probably the hardest part right now, you know, uh, of parenting uh, and especially all the explosion of change in the world, because it used to be that you grew up for most of human history with just a, a box of what your worldview was, what the social hierarchy is, and all that was really set. In the last couple hundred years, you had like a few different boxes, right? You'd, this was happening as the East and the West met. You'd have somebody who was, who was, who was a Hindu scientist, right? And, and they're meeting somebody who is a Christian business person. And they're like, whoa, these different worlds. Well, now this is what's so exciting and terrifying and hard for our youth. There are an infinite combination of boxes on how you can construct an identity. And what it does, it's like going, and I don't want to trivialize it with this, but it's like going to the grocery store and having to pick a potato chip and there's 72 different flavors. The cognitive overload shuts you down. And so what's happening now with parents, at least what we're seeing is they just don't even know where to start with some of these complicated issues. So you've got different movies playing in your head and you've got an unprecedented, unprecedented infinite amount of ways a child can construct an identity now. And, and I see a lot of anxiety and overwhelm with that. So it's, it's, a, it's a complicated, challenging time. There's a simple path forward. It doesn't mean it's a simple answer. And the guiding from paradox just means this. When you're caught between two tough polar opposites, don't try to think through this in an either or way. Your path as a parent is going to look different than my path. Your child's path is going to look different than your path. And when you guide from paradox, you just acknowledge there are two polar opposites here. We don't have to pick either or. How can we sit with this and let a wisdom emerge? There was a Danish physicist, Niels Bohr, who said, the opposite of a profound truth may very well be another profound truth. What they found in quantum physics is that where we want to make something binary, it's a both and. And we see that in so many instances, even playing out currently worldwide politically and with, with health issues. Everybody tends to want to go to these super extremist positions because our brain wants binary. But in a deep way, paradox is where the wisdom is found. Now I could go way deeper on that, Louise, but I'll shut up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can take that into the, you know, your, your world as a parent. You know, if you are exactly. finding yourself, you're on one path. Can you look at the path your other significant half is on and go, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that path. And there's, yes. it's not that that path's wrong and my path right or my path wrong and that path right. It's like, as you say, the paradox is both are okay, but yeah. you just have to find in what ways are both okay. I mean, there might be certain things that your husband is much better at dealing with 
than you are or things that your wife is better at handling than you are. So it's recognizing our own individual strengths and bringing that to the table. And also, I always say, you know, putting on, pulling on your big girl pants and your big boy pants and going, you know what? Fighting over who's right and wrong is role modeling nothing to your children. Yeah. And it's all it's role modeling is conflict and them to believe they're right and someone else is wrong. So, you know, I, and I always say this, if, if people are genuinely worried, you know, I'm worried because I am trying to be more empathetic, authoritative, and he's authoritarian or she's authoritarian. And, you know, they might share with you some of the things that are being said and done in the home. And I always say this, one conscious, intentional parent is better than none. Mm-hmm. Who's better than one? But you know what? If, if you are aligning with your truth and in the moment doing what you need to do and what your child needs you to do, then great. And so if you're on a different path, just try and try and not argue about what path you're on, especially in front of the kids. Because that's all fear-based. And ultimately what the child needs is a secure, non-anxious presence. And like you said, I love that phrasing, you know, one is, one is great, two is even better, but one is great. If they can just get the modeling of one secure, non-anxious presence. But what's powerful is, and you've no doubt seen this, when one lives as a non-anxious presence, the other does come along over time. Is it going to happen as fast? No. Is it going to, it's just not. Uh, but, but when I am in a place that I can hold the space for the, the fearful energy, then it dissipates that much faster than it would if I tried to take over that energy and power up. Yeah. If I ignored it, Instead, I just see it and I validate it and I say, yes, I hear that. I feel that. But this is the next step for us. Sometimes, because I need to be direct, it's uh, and this is a next step for us. It just depends on, you know, where the approach is. And what's happening for so many people is they don't realize it. They're parenting from an insecure, fearful place because they just want validation that they're right or they're afraid of where it's going to lead for their child. And fear is never going to get you where you want to go. And if you're trying to get your child to go somewhere in fear, or if you're trying to get validation from your partner or spouse about how you're right, it's in the air. It's how you say it. And it's going to you know, corrupt and pollute their ability to interpret what you're saying. They're only going to respond to the fear. So I find myself in a number of instances trying to you know, articulate this in concrete examples. Somebody is uh, wants to stay out later than their curfew or, you know, weird example to use. I know in the world we're at now, but you know, whatever those things are where a child is doing what they do at every stage, pushing up against the edge of the boundaries, trying to find their freedom. That's normal. So I, you know, it's good that they're doing that. That's how they grow. And you don't beat yourself up as a parent when you feel insecure or anxious or seek validation, because guess what? That's normal for you. It's, 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 it works in such a way that them pushing to the edges of their boundaries roots the insecurity at the edges of your growth. So we just say, hug him, hug that part of you. Hey, you're scared right now, buddy. You're trying to power up and take over. No, we're not going to do that. It's okay. Yeah. This is how this moment's playing out. 
Absolutely. And I love that. And it's like, you know, we know, we intellectually know we cannot change another. So, you know, I might say to a, a dad I'm working with, you can't change your wife. You can't change mm -hmm. her. You can mm -hmm. try as you might, but you will not change her. You can't change your kids. And I know that you fundamentally don't want to because you appreciate them for all the brilliant, magnificent, unique, you know, character mm -hmm. that they are. And you don't want to change them. You want to change the behavior. And I go, yeah, you want to change the behavior. How do you change their behavior? You do it by changing yours. So if your partner is not changing their behavior to what you want them to, to adopt, then you adopt it even stronger. And you mm -hmm. shine it and show it and radiate it and role model it. And when, that, when your partner sees the relationship you get from the benefits of being, let's just say, not critical or not judgmental or not nagging and, and raising your voice, and they see the, react, the, the response you get from your child, that's very motivating for them. If they find they are shouting and yelling and do as I say, and you must obey me, who do you think you are? They're going to see for themselves that the relationship you have with your child is a deeper, more connected one than they have with theirs. So guess what they might do? They might try and do a bit of what they see you doing. That's how you're yes. going to bring about change in another is by changing yourself and standing true in what you believe in. So if you want your partner to be more conscious and intentional, then you role model it. And then the benefits of, of, of being more conscious and, and um, uh, intentional are going to be very evident to the person who is not so conscious and intentional. So change, yeah. you can't force the other to change. And That's so, so you can't make them see it your way, but you can keep showing them and then they might start to see it that way and they might go, hmm, that looks interesting. They don't fight. I don't want to fight. I might do what they're doing and see what happens. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I think, you know, that is healthy, you know, evolution. It's adaptive behavior. It's, it's seeing a result and adjusting when you're not getting the result you want to get a better result. And I think what is a big thing that, that is so missing in this conversation, and this may be a little clip that, because uh, I know for your audience uh, primarily, um, this may be a clip that they could like take note of as they relate to their husbands. And that's this. And again, I know there's exceptions to this. I've worked with plenty of couples where this dynamic isn't true. However, evolutionary biology has played out the way it has for a long time. So we can acknowledge that you know, there's this, there's this gradient scale, it seems to be to gender, but more often than not, men, when they don't know what they're doing, or they don't know what to do, they, they really show up super aggressive, trying too hard, or they pull back and just give up and go hide in the garage. And if a person that's relating to them that loves them can see that behavior for what it is, and not focus on the fruit of it, but get to the root of it and see, oh, I'm not going to confronting, I'm not going to tell them this in a, in a way that I confront them. I'm going to get to the root of that and I'm going to encourage them and say, hey, you know what? I noticed when that got tense, you stepped away. I know it's hard to know what to do in those moments, you know, or hey, when you really raised your voice and started booming, 
I know that things felt out of control and you felt like what you needed to do was try to get it in control. And I just want to say, Hey, thank you for trying, you know, just acknowledge the effort, acknowledge that they're stepping away, not trying to harm it more or that they're, you know, we don't have to excuse any bad behavior and anybody hearing me say that, that would distort anything that I'm saying into that. And I don't think your audience would do that as I've gotten to know you. Yes. If you're in a place that's you're being harmed or it's dangerous, you've got to take care of yourself and get out, but you get what I'm saying. If those moments where there's tension and that, you know, they're raising their voice some, but the point of that being. Because everyone that, that wants they, to be seen and heard, right? We just want to be seen exactly. and heard and validated and understood. So your partner is just wanting to be seen and heard. They're not, they're feeling out of control. So they want to, take power, be power over, take control to feel better about themselves. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and I think especially for your listeners to understand that, you know, that effort that they're trying to bring to bear, uh, who knows what they saw modeled for them. And they're probably overreacting to what they were raised with or, or underdoing it because they're afraid of something, you know, in their past. And all of that is the real root stuff. The fruit of it is, is where you're, you're wishing you saw a better response from them. But if you can get to that root level, not to try to fix them, just start with, I see you. I see what you're trying to do. I appreciate that. Um, that's, that's at least a starting point. Every parent at some level has to find their identity in a deep way apart from being a parent. That's actually how you do it well. If, if you ask somebody, hey, tell me who you are, and they only list the roles they fulfill. You know, I do this in business. I'm a mom or I'm a dad. or They listen to all those roles. I, my worst, most terrible moments of parenting are when I conflate who I am with what I do. You know, I can remember when one time my 18-year-old was like three, acting up in a public place. And I was aggressive in the way that I tried to get her to stop doing that. Why? Well, it hit me. I'm worried about what other people think of me and the job I'm doing as a parent. And if they think, you know, my kids are just crazy or whatever, you know, we're constantly worried about, am I doing a good job? Do people like me? What do they think of me? And that, when that's happening, we don't know who we are apart from the role and so we put our identity on our kids. And, and this, is, this is where everything changed for me. When I saw my three-year-old, I took her out for lunch. And uh, I saw how I was wrapping up my identity and how much of a good job she thought I was doing being a dad, even at three, right? You're not actually saying to an, a three-year-old, hey, little three-year-old, will you be responsible for the existential needs of my identity? But, but I was feeling this impulse to be like, hey, we just, we just came here for lunch. Are you happy? <laughs> you know, yeah. we, this is for your birthday. Are you happy? Rather than go to validate you and make you feel better about yourself. Bingo. And, you know, only Bingo. we can make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And as soon as we uh, identify with anything external, whether it be looking at our child to make us feel like a good dad or mom, whether it be our, our job to make us look like a really good leader, I'm a good leader and I'm, I'm a good at, football and I'm really good at tennis and I love this and I'm a good painter. When we identify with anything external, we're handing, basically we're handing all our power to 
something else. So if that, you know, if you, you can't buy paint anymore, well, then you can't paint. Who am I if I'm not a painter? You know, if your child, when your child leaves home and you, you no longer have to be the active mum or the active dad, who are you without that role? You lose your job. Who are you without the role? And it go. can leave us feeling like we're nothing. And I think we do. We we identify so heavily with the the external. And you know, certainly in the work I do with parents, I help them see. You know, I'm, for those of you you can't see it on the show, Chris and I can see each other, but I'm holding up my phone here. And if I was to hold up Instagram and or in Snapchat and say, okay, how about this as something as you know, our kids are identifying with an external thing, with the number of likes, with the number mm -hmm. of streams. Who did this? And it has to be perfect. I'll post this because it makes me look good. And then how many likes do I get? They're identifying with an external thing to make them feel better about themselves. And it doesn't work. Every time, every time it says it's up for failure. And, and well, I'll tell you what we're seeing now with work from home, with so many going through that, you know, dads have a real ability to zero in on the mission and that's a positive. Mm -hmm. It's a negative also because now you have a lot of situations where it's moms carrying child responsibilities and work responsibilities. And, and so you have a whole new arena of conflict to work through and challenges. And what I'm seeing, you know, on the ground, if you will, is more and more honest conversations uh, about what it means to share responsibilities about what it means, who's good at what, and who's not good at that. And, and I'm fascinated by these cultural shifts that happen, because I think this will surface a cultural shift. But in the meantime, to have peaceful homes as we move forward, it's going to require us being aware when I'm wrapping up who I am in this child's existence and in this role that I fulfill, I am not a secure, non-anxious presence. I'm the opposite of that. And that's what's going to create, you know, if I'm communicating from an anxious mind and I'm communicating to my partner or spouse from an anxious mind, of course we can't hear each other. There's different movies playing in our head and the signal to noise ratio is so distorted. Um, and so what I'm hopeful for right now is for those that are working from home and experiencing new pain, new frustrations, new complications of that, that rather than trying to say, we just have to suffer back through this because more and more big companies are saying, well, we're just going to work from home forever, um, that they would go, okay, all of the pain, the frustration, the irritations this is raising, these aren't things we have to beat ourselves up for. We don't have to feel bad that we're having an argument over this. Instead, let's just start with this represents a moment we can grow. And the path forward here, it's embracing the paradox. <laughs> you know, it's the both and nature of this. And if we can just absorb and adopt that mentality, that's where wisdom emerge. Wisdom emerges when we don't build our identity around the roles and we acknowledge the paradoxical nature of these two opposing realities and say, how do we find the way forward for us? It doesn't have to be the way forward for every other family. It doesn't have to be the way forward for every other, uh, you know, however they're doing it, but it's, it's, it's true to us. And that's what's so powerful about like a, a process of growth. When you know, and I'll use myself as an example. When I know as Chris, I have a secure identity. It overflows to a clarity in the roles that I fulfill. And then it attracts and builds healthy community, families. When I can order my mind that way, 
then I can take any situation that comes up and use it to grow me rather than trying to get it to go back to the way that it was rather than trying to make it fit all these neat categories. Instead, I, I cooperate with what's unfolding, you know, and, and what parents are feeling so threatened by right now is I used to have this childhood, you know, mapped out for my kid. The ultimate map is you being secure in your identity. It overflows to clarity in your roles and you attract and build a healthy family out of that. You build a healthy family out of that. That's the map. And we understand that it maps onto your circumstance because your circumstance isn't like mine. You know, our oldest has severe dairy and egg allergies, anaphylactic. It's a complete life-changing situation for us. It's game-changing in every way. Uh, you know, what, food is uh, such a part of a family's life. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful gift. Now, obviously, I'd love for it to be removed from her life for suffering and pain and, you know, what she's gone through. But at the same time, it's made us who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I see people, you know, people suffer for what they resist. And they're resisting circumstances that could be a pathway of transformation. But the problem is they're so bound up in it. And, and like you said, they so want to be seen for their struggle, affirmed for their struggle, validated for their struggle. And, uh, and I think we've got a cultural problem of that at large that is modeling for our kids a, a, a mindset that isn't resilient because then they go out of our homes screaming for validation. Mm -hmm. And when we work with big companies, that is a big problem when they hire those people. Yeah, huge problem. And I love that. And I'm aware of the time and we will sadly, Chris and I can talk for hours but um, I would love to, but I will, I will um, be cognizant of your time and for you listeners and Chris, your time. But I love that, that phrase you said, um, you know, two things I want to leave my listeners with is, you know, the guide from the paradox, guiding from paradox, hmm. not forcing change in another. Cooperate with what's unfolding. I love that when you said that, because when we don't cooperate with what's unfolding, it's going to unfold. So if we don't cooperate with it, we can only resist it. And when we resist it, whatever's unfolding that you might not like, you're going to get a whole load of it. Yep. And then the other thing you said was, you know, it's not the fruit of it. Get to the root of it. And, you know, those are very powerful, powerful phrases. So, Chris, I, you know, thank you so, so much for imparting your wisdom uh, for me and my listeners today, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'd, I'd love to have you back. There's so much we can talk about and so much that I think is helpful. And I hope that to those of you listening, you've taken away, you know, some, some nuggets. Because in my podcast, I like to make sure that people are leaving with something they can try. So what would you say from, you know, our conversation? What would you say to them? try this what would be yeah. your kind of like you know what would what what would you come to from from this conversation take whatever is upsetting you right now about being a parent with another parent or something with your kids something that you wish was different that you're having a hard time cooperating with just take take whatever that is and imagine you're in a car and you just put it on the windshield and i want you to think of something that was hard for you with with your partner or spouse that you parent with 10 years ago or two months ago. Just go back in time somewhere and see how that isn't there anymore. And it resolved itself. 
you know, are, are there things you could be bitter about that didn't resolve themselves? Sure. I'm just trying to get you to not over identify with this circumstance that, that your thoughts change, your ideas change, your circumstances change. And if you can just create a degree of separation from it and not over identify with it, that's at least a baby step down the pathway of becoming resilient and cooperating with it. Nice. I love that. And I think that's a good place to stop. So I will put Chris's contact details. His website is siteshift.com and that's S-I-G-H-T-S-H-I-F-T.com. He's got everything on his website, your access to the book he's written, to his leadership stuff, his parenting stuff. He works with parents. He works with leaders. He works in many, many um, different areas and he's a wise wise person and he's um, been extremely generous with his time to help us all on our journey as parents and he and I both know that I, and I know he feels similarly we're so lucky to do what we do because it holds us accountable in the roles that we play you know and I know your your, your work and your growth and your your thirst and hunger to be better fuels you um, to be a better dad and to keep you mm. committed and hold you accountable. So we're very lucky that we're in this to the, mm. as we are. And for those of you who are not, we hope that we fuel you and inspire you and motivate you to raise your bar and just look at things through a slightly different lens and get a different perspective. So Chris, thank you so much for being with me today. And I look forward to our next episode together. Sounds great. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here. You're very welcome. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.